0: It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cami Carlisle. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Community Conversations. I'm Cami Carlisle, and today we have Aaron Higgins, the Big Gardens Garden and Giving Grove manager with us. Welcome, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. How are sure. you doing? I'm good. Thanks for coming in. It's so good to see you. True story. Aaron and I used to work together at the Big Garden and we're also friends. So we do know each other. So full transparency there. So, Aaron, before we get too far into all things Big Garden, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you even get to be so good at what you do? Tell us about it.
1: Um. Well, I started off as a, a young person studying neuroscience and psychology uh, I was interested in the brain from a very young age and I thought I wanted to be a neuroscientist and then I worked in a laboratory for a little while and discovered that it's very lonely and very repetitive and I really like people. I really like being active and so I left that dream behind and thought and for a while about what I wanted to do and I since college been interested in growing food, I went to school in a small town in Iowa. And Mm -hmm. so we were surrounded by farms and actually did volunteer and do a little work on small scale, sustainable organic farms near my college town. And I really, really loved it, but farm labor doesn't pay well. It is, it is not a, not something that most people can support themselves on. And so I didn't think it was going to become a career for me until I uh had a friend reach out about an internship at the big garden back in 2015. And I was serving tables at the time. So I had flexibility with my schedule and I signed up for that internship. And I joked that I wouldn't leave until they hired me. Um I would work, you know, fill in for classes and, uh, help with events and things. And eventually they, they did offer me a full-time job, which, uh, very grateful for that. Um, and yeah, I just love, uh, getting to learn new things at work all the time, getting to help teach others about plants and how to grow food and mm-hmm. all all of the above. Um, yeah. You're really good
0: at it. I mean, I remember standing with you at a farm stand, and I felt like there was 500 different kinds of peppers, and you were able to name every one of them. I was like, this woman is brilliant. So so right now, you are the Garden and Giving Grove manager, right? Yes. So tell us about your current role. So what does that all entail?
1: So Giving Grove is a program that I've been in charge of since 2018 when it First became a program at the Big Garden and it was started in partnership with an organization out of Kansas City by the same name, Giving Grove. And their goal, uh, when they got going back in 2012 was to start planting community orchards. We've all heard of community gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, uh, and they had a, a dream of doing fruit trees. And they started in Kansas City, fruit trees and brambles. They started planting them there. And in 2017, they approached my old boss at the Big Garden and asked if we would like to be a pilot city mm-hmm. for expanding the Giving Grove around the country. So we were one of two cities that they started in in 2018. And they've helped me learn a ton about fruit trees uh, in that time. When I started managing Giving Grove, I knew how to pick an apple. And that was about it. I knew a lot about annual vegetables and fruits, but perennial fruit, fruits are very different. There's a lot of knowledge that does not shrink, tra- that doesn't exist. It, it's not necessary with annuals. Um, and I've been doing that since then. And that program entails finding locations that want, uh, community orchards, helping them plant them mm-hmm. and then mentoring the folks who care for them. So I don't actually care for that many trees. I care for some. At the Big Garden Campus, okay. um, my main role is teaching the folks who are caring for these little orchards around the city mm-hmm. how to how to do that. Um, and then I've done a lot of other things at the Big Garden over the years. But as of this year, I'm also in charge of our gardens program. Okay. And we've been building community gardens since the Big Garden first became a thing. I think that was 2005 mm-hmm. nine nine somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um well before my time and we've been building gardens since then. I am now in charge of building, uh, raised bed gardens. We have to do raised beds, uh, in Eastern Omaha because of lead in soil. We try not to, uh, we try to just avoid planting in the ground at most locations unless they're really into it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that we don't have to worry about lead poisoning. Um, and then I, I, We've built gardens for a long time and we work at some of them. Um, our, our education team does teaching mostly kiddos how to grow food at those sites. But I'm working right now on trying to expand the gardens program so it kind of mirrors what Giving Grove does. Sure. So I'll be able to mentor uh, community garden managers around the city um, because there's so much to know about growing food and there's so much information online, and sifting through what is and is not accurate is overwhelming at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm working on gathering data to help uh, help approach funders and show them like we really do need education for adults at these sites around the town.
0: Agreed. That's amazing. So I know you're super busy, right? Because it's go time. It's been go time. So yep. this year, how many gardens and, uh, giving groves have you installed or how many are up and running? So we,
1: I did not get to plant any giving groves this spring. We had, uh, five sites reach out, um, and all of them had to either cancel or postpone until <laughs> the fall. Uh, which happens with orchards more so than gardens because people see them as more permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Fruit trees will be in the ground for and producing fruit for sometimes more than twenty years, and so getting permission from whoever owns the land, whether that be the OPS school district, a church, a, a neighborhood association, uh, they that takes some time for for a lot of folks. So we didn't do any orchards this spring. We're hoping to do. Uh, a bunch in the fall, uh, Michael has ten for the fall, but we did uh build or rebuild nine gardens this spring. Wow, busy so it so was you mentioned,
0: yeah. you mentioned I'm sorry, you mentioned churches uh schools remind us who can take advantage of the big gardens, gardens, and giving groves, and what is the process?
1: Any organization that serves folks who have need of fresh, healthy food. So our mission is related to uh our mission is about uh agriculture education, food education for uh folks who experience food insecurity. So we're not going to build a garden for um a large corporation that has you know employees who make you know a well above <laughs> the the minimum wage or even the 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 median wage. Uh, we're going to work with organizations that serve folks who experience food insecurity. And, uh, the process is for gardens. We build gardens every spring and the applications are open in January and February of every year. So unfortunately, if you're interested in a garden right now, you're going to have to wait until next year. Right. For Giving Grove, we plant fruit trees every spring and every fall. You have to plant fruit trees when they're either coming out of dormancy or going into dormancy. So high summer is the wrong time. Um, so for that, people would just reach out to me and I would share the application with okay. them. Um, and my email, I can just say it right now, E H-I-G-G-I-N-S, at biggarden.org. And that's two G's in Big Garden. Um, and I, I will accept applications for giving Grove at any time. We'll just have to wait to plant those. Um, and we, we've worked with and planted gardens and orchards at all sorts of different organizations. Uh, we have a site out West that, uh, the, the tri-faith center that has a church synagogue and a mosque all mm-hmm. on site. And we we have a garden and an orchard out there. The folks who attend those um, base centers generally aren't food insecure, but they have a pantry. So they maintain the 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 orchard and the garden and grow all the food to then give to folks who don't have ready access to fresh healthy fruits and vegetables. So um,
0: cool. yeah. Yeah. So in your time there, um, I know I was with you guys when COVID first hit. And I think we were all really surprised at, I mean, we knew that Omaha needed pantries. We knew that a lot of people took advantage of the pantries, but I think maybe, I mean, I was caught off surprised at the lines and just how many more people came to the pantries during COVID. Have you seen that number lessen or are we still seeing a lot of people relying on pantries to get their food and healthy food?
1: There, I think the unemployment rate is down. That was a, big factor at the beginning of COVID Mm -hmm. that a lot of people lost their jobs very suddenly and it takes some time to get a a SNAP application and so right at the beginning folks were in desperate need of uh, food assistance Mm -hmm. and the other factor was all of a sudden kids weren't in school and a lot of families rely on free and reduced lunch programs to make sure that their kids are eating two or three meals a day uh, and luckily, OPS and some other folks were providing lunches for kids if you could get there and pick them up. Uh, but it was still a struggle for so many families in Omaha to to make sure that they had enough food in the cupboards, let alone fresh, healthy food. Uh, currently, I know that pantries are still stretched a bit thin because food prices have gone up. Gas prices are going up. Housing prices are going up. And the, a dollar doesn't stretch quite as far Mm -hmm. as it used to. And I also know that the, the SNAP assistance that the government, there was, the government was, the federal government was giving some extra money to folks on EBT during COVID and that just recently expired. So my father is blind and my mother takes care of him full time and they, they have Utilize Snap for a very long time and they were getting about $200 a month from Snap and now they're back down to $20 a month. Oh which doesn't, doesn't actually stretch that far. So they're doing okay right now, but they're considering, my mom is considering, uh, uh going to pantries again soon to yeah. get enough food to, to keep them fed. That's a bit shocking. So
0: 200 to $20? Yes.
1: So my, oh. my my father they survive on on my father's social security retirement income. They it, he he is retirement age now. So um it's uh retirement income from social security now. Uh and that check um, that apparently they make enough to only get $20 in assistance from SNAP.
0: Wow. Wow. That is painful. Painful. Yes. So obviously, mm-hmm. pantries still needed, healthy food still needed. Yes. So I know going into pantries, uh, the big garden helped by building gardens like Get together, Inc, mm-hmm. yes. like at different places. Um, and then I remember the big garden started doing culturally appropriate food as well because a lot of refugees and immigrants. We're also stuck in this big mess and they Mm. were getting food from pantries and going, what is this? I don't know what to do with this. So is the big garden still working on that or still growing culturally appropriate food for folks?
1: We are not as much as I would like. And, uh, it's, it's a challenge, um, working in nonprofits. You've worked in nonprofits, still work in nonprofits, Doing everything that you want to do to serve your community is hard. We're all stretched thin. Um yeah, but I do know that we are growing um we are growing foods that we didn't use to grow because yeah. there are there is need for non-white people food um, right. Right. <laughs> and throughout town. You're absolutely right, um, right. I wish I actually knew more about this. I barely helped with the the greenhouse this year. I was so busy building gardens that I didn't start a single seed in the greenhouse, which is kind of a bummer. That's one of my um,
0: uh, one of
1: the most peaceful places, especially in the winter when it's very cold outside.
0: Yes. Um,
1: but I do know that they're the the folks in charge of the greenhouse have, have worked to add more variety to what they're growing for sure.
0: Wonderful. So I know Big Garden does so much stuff, like you said, so many hats everybody wears. We do all kinds of stuff. Um, one thing I want to ask you is, I, I think you mentioned you were working with UNMC's College of Public Health, so that's something new. You guys have partnered with UNMC. What is that all about?
1: So we have done this partnership before, and it's a really cool program. So the folks who do masters, uh, who who do the program to get a master's in public health from UNMC. They are required to do a project with a, an outside organization. The program is called Apex and we have worked with a student from the College of Public Health before to, twice actually to do different projects and they emailed us again this winter asking if we would be interested in doing a project and I was already planning on Creating a survey to distribute to all of the gardens we've built mm-hmm. to, uh, assess what has worked, what hasn't worked, uh, what their needs are, what, what we might be able to provide them mm-hmm. in terms of resources that would help their gardens thrive. Okay. And, uh, my, like I said at the beginning, my background's in psych and neuroscience, and so I was planning on doing that myself. Um, Like pulling the, the, those skills out of the dusty, uh, attic in my brain. Uh, but then I got this email and I was like, this would be perfect. Um, and so we, um, we're working with a student who's got a few more classes left before she's got her masters in public health and she's just doing this project this summer. So first she's, you know, taking data that's all on paper and getting it digital. And then we're going to, um, work on on finalizing the survey together and we'll distribute that out to every one of the like 100 and more than 150 gardens that we've built set, since uh 2009 when this when Big Garden first started and got to figure out some sort of incentive people don't like filling out surveys unless you give them something usually so i might send them some seeds or
0: some something. tomatoes
1: yeah some tomatoes i i will hand deliver a quart of tomatoes to everyone who finishes the survey. Um, no, and hopefully they, they see the value in, in doing it. If we can get some data, hard data to provide to funders,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, that's going to make the funders more ready to, to give money to, to us for supporting these gardens. And I've been with the big garden since 2015 and I've met a lot of the people who uh, are managing these gardens and I have a really good idea of what they need. They need sure. soil. They need tools. They need places to store the tools. Mm-hmm. They need uh mulch and plants and seeds. And we already provide plants and seeds um, to anyone who, any partnering garden. Um, but we don't have money in the budget for all of the other things that go into a garden. And then they need education as well. I know they do because I will be visiting a site to talk about fruit trees and we'll spend half an hour in the garden. Right. So I'm not being paid to teach them about that technically. Right. I know that need is there. We actually built a garden this spring at a, at a church mm-hmm. and the, uh, the pastor and the other folks who helped build the garden have such amazing intentions and they really want to make this garden happen and thrive so that they can feed folks within their community. But I had to explain to the pastor the difference between planting a seed and planting a seedling. Oh, he he okay. didn't know that corn goes in the ground as a seed and tomatoes go in as a seedling in our climate. Uh-huh. And there are people who come into this completely fresh right. and they need support in in terms of education and uh so I'm I'm really excited to get that broad data that the actual hard data from these yeah. surveys Um and so grateful that UNMC does this any really any organization can partner with them if they have some sort of project that is relevant to public health. So
0: sure. Uh, yeah, well, that's exciting. I'm really looking forward to you all getting that data and you're right. It will definitely help you with funders. But also, like you said, I feel like there are so many gardeners out there, like you said, that don't really know, but really want the food and they really want to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, and then we also have like the professional gardeners too along the way that know everything. So there's just a wide mix of people that you all work with.
1: There are, for sure. There's, there's folks who I just need to put the garden in and they're good to go. Um and then there's folks who want to help their communities so much that they're going to do it even though they don't really know what they're doing. Yep. And they're going to be so much so more successful if I can visit uh, once a month and and talk to them about what they're doing and show them how to do it the right way. Um and yeah, the data's going to help with, you know, funders, but it's also going to help me Craft a program that's going to serve folks the the best, the best way we can. Exactly. Um, and that's why I I'm kind of a, a data nerd. I kind of love uh, looking at the numbers and having numbers because uh, I might know, I might think I know what folks need, but until we actually ask them, I I don't know for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So we have about five minutes
0: left, and I really want to talk to you quickly about the relationship between mental health and putting your hands in the dirt and growing something. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that?
1: I was just, I was volunteering at a garden that, that some friends have out West. They have, they give the food away Uh Um, this weekend. And I was offered a pair of gloves and I was like, Oh no, 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 no. There's bacteria in the soil that improve my mental health. I like to eat soil and they were joking about me like sitting with a bowl of soil. Um, but I just never wear gloves and I wash my hands when I'm done. But I don't take as long as the soil isn't contaminated with heavy metals. Um, I, I don't want to keep the soil out of my mouth. I don't want to be really careful about that because there is the symbiotic relationship between Humans and soil. If you think about it for millennia, we had our hands in the soil constantly. That is the, the only way we survived was gathering food, growing food at a, after a certain point. And there's our gut is filled with bacteria. We know that that has a strong correlation, strong causation with our mental health. Uh, I, this astounding fact. Um, I'm very, you know, this for those who are listening, I'm very, very passionate about mental health It is my other baby, um, in terms of, of, of just things that I dive deep in and and learn about. Um, and we are, we have more cells and more like mass in our body Mm -hmm. is bacteria than human. Like we are more. Bacteria and other microorganisms than we are human cells. And those bacteria have a huge effect on our mental health and our, our health, medical health as well. And soil is, if, if it's healthy soil, it is filled with microorganisms. And so if we are, are, have our hands in the soil and are getting those bacteria into our, into our gut, we are going to be more mentally healthy. Not to mention the physical activity, the sunshine, the nutrients from the food that we're eating. Um I, in 2015, after I did the internship at the Big Garden, I uh went and worked on two farms and it was really, really busy. Four days a week on the farm, two days serving tables, one day off. That was my wow. life for about three months. And I've never been happier. I was, I didn't experience any anxiety that whole fall, wow. which was incredible because anxiety is my life. Um, and, and I, I don't know, get out, getting outside in any way is amazing, moving your body, but it's so satisfying when it, when you're growing food that you get to eat then. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm, I I, could be talking for another half an hour about mental health. And I know,
0: and we will do that one day, seriously, but I agree with you completely. We just had our hands in the dirt and I'm just so excited there's nothing like a fresh tomato out of the garden. Oh my Ooh gosh. I'm that. so excited. So will the big garden, will we see you
1: out at Wick clinics again this year or pay what you can markets or? Yes, we are, uh, our first, we've been, um, working with farmers to bring fresh, uh, food, little farm stands to Wick and Wick clinics throughout the city. Right. Uh, this is in partnership, for a few years in partnership with Whispering Roots. Um, it is was very, very popular last year. We're doing even more, uh, WIC clinics, uh, farm stands this season. Um, I, starting in mid-July is when we'll start doing those. Um, if you are on Wick or Snap, like top we will probably be coming to the spot where you get WIC. Um, and then we also, um, will be at a farmer's market starting in July, Saturday mornings, um, around 24th and Lake. Um, What's across it? from a place called Fabric Lab, okay, and it'll be every Saturday morning, first and third week of the month,
0: starting, starting in
1: July. Starting in July, they're, they're they're starting slow, and then there's another organization in town, completely volunteer run, called Free Farm Syndicate. That's right. And they're going to be having a farm stands on Saturday morning and Sunday morning. Uh, st- that already started through October. And I'm going to look up the locations real quick, so I'm, um, folks can know. And those farm stands are completely free. There's, we give food to them. They grow food. Big Muddy Urban Farm, City Sprouts, uh, and just anyone who grows food and wants to give it to people, uh, mm-hmm. gives food to free Farm Syndicate, and then they they give it away for free at these farm stands. Um, Saturday morning is at, uh, on South 10th Street two seven 02 South 10th Street from 10 a.m. to noon. Okay. And Sunday's farm stand is 1123 North 20 29th Street again from 10 a.m. to noon. And those are going to go until the end of October, rain or shine. Um, and you can come take all of the free vegetables you want and fruit. There'll oh fruit there too. Um, so if you can't drive, uh, if you have someone who can, you can get as many fresh fruits and vegetables as you want every weekend through the end of October through them. That
0: is so wonderful. And do take advantage of it, folks. I mean, that yes. is some good food, some good eating. It's free. Do take advantage of it. So tell us the website so we can find out all the information. So yep. the Big Garden, we can find you online where? www.biggarden.org. Okay. And do you have a good phone number we can call? Some people prefer to
1: call. Yeah. I know no, I don't. Of course. I. My father is blind. I completely. Completely understand. I do not have our number memorized, so let me look it up real quick. I don't either. So <laughs> It's a 402 number. 402- 898- 9862.
0: There you go. So Erin, we thank you so much for your time. You know you and I could talk together forever. Yeah. So thank you so much. I cannot wait to stop by and see all of the delicious vegetables you guys have been growing. And we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much for all that you do for the community. I mean, we barely touched on what the Big Garden does. So thank you for your time today. Everybody, that's Aaron Higgins from the Big Garden. I'm Cami Carlisle. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you. Yay. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.